0: Hey TC fam, we're back again and we're excited to be here with you today. We just dropped a brand new episode and we're fired up that you're tuning in for it. Before we kick it off, we wanna remind you of a valuable resource and that's our 24/7 helpline. You can call anytime, anywhere, day or night and a Teen Challenge staff member will be on the other end waiting for your call. If you or a loved one needs prayer or help with an addiction, Call us right now at 888-520-0620. We're back with a fresh and exciting episode from Spiritual Emphasis 2022. Today, you're going to hear a powerful and prophetic word from Pastor Walter Collis. He's a Teen Challenge alumni and he pastors Christ Community Church in the Imperial Valley. Did you know that subscribing to this podcast is free? So please, subscribe today if you haven't already. We hope it's a great resource to you and your friends and your family. God bless you today, my friends.
1: Amen. Praise the Lord, right? How many are praising the Lord today? Question is, how many are gonna be praising the Lord tomorrow? Right? You know, it was in Teen Challenge I learned how to pray and uh, if you don't learn what it means to pray while you're in the program you ain't gonna learn when you get out and the difference between those who are still here today and those who aren't is their prayer life I've heard people quote scripture off the top of their head and have all the head knowledge everything else but God was doing nothing in their heart because they had no communion with the Lord so it was in Teen Challenge, I, I learned to pray. I, that mandatory 30 minute prayer life that uh, they make you do in the morning, right? To jumpstart you, it's like pulling you into an emergency room, hooking up the paddles and beginning to learn what it means, the spiritual things of the Lord, right? And so it begins in prayer. And I remember my counselor telling me, he said, look, when you go to Riverside Teen Challenge, after you're done with induction, you are not required to pray every morning they do a little devotional before breakfast but there's no 30 minute mandatory prayer time and that kind of scared me because i saw god doing so many amazing things through prayer and just praying to him and coming to god with all of my needs he was restoring my family he was restoring relationships with me and everything else and so On the way to Riverside, I made a commitment in the van that I wasn't going to pray 30 minutes every morning. I was going to pray an hour every morning. And so I gave up my breakfast for that year, and I was in the chapel right after devotional. I was in the chapel from 715 to 815, praying to the Lord every single morning. And if you don't grab a hold of the importance of prayer, you're you ain't going to be here next year. If you do not learn to pray, you're not going to be here next year. You may go for a little while, but not far. So turn to Ephesians chapter 6 as we look at this. You know where we're at in verse 18. It says, praying at all times in the Spirit. And that is a powerful prayerist Jamal had said, by the way, I was supposed to speak tomorrow and I wasn't done with my sermon preparation, but somebody once told me that preparation never finishes until you're done preaching. So as I'm preaching, I'm going to be preparing. And if you don't like it, I don't care. <laughs> so it was in Tianjin teen- I heard a sermon just recently, I don't care. <laughs> I was in Teen Challenge where I learned to pray, but it was a little old lady named Dottie, who I learned what it meant to pray always. Dottie was probably around 70 years old at the time when I was in Teen Challenge. She came up, she introduced me uh, herself to me, and she said, "My name's Dottie. What's your name?" And she just she was a unique lady. She she had a love for the men in Teen Challenge, and we started conversing. And uh, she said every morning she would pray three hours to the Lord. She said That's how she began her day. She would pray for three hours. She called a communion with the Lord. But I later realized that she prayed always. That she prayed always. That one day she pulled up in a little beat-up old bill and said, I need two guys to run to the hospital with me. One of my friends was run over Uh, was involved in a hit and run. He was pushing his his little cart. He was a homeless guy pushing across the street and he got nailed and he got hit and he was now in ICU. And what she would do, she would feed these men out of the back of her Oldsmobile. She'd open up the trunk. She would feed them every day and she would share the love of Jesus Christ. And she really was a unique lady. So she pulled up one day and said, Frank, and that's how I knew she had a love for these people. She knew every single one of these homeless people by name. And she said, Frank was just in this accident. He's in ICU, I need two guys to go with me. And I jumped in the car with her, and another intern jumped in, and we're on our way to Scripps Memorial Hospital, and we're conversing, but she's praying the whole time. She's praying, Lord, clear the traffic. She's praying, Lord, clear the overpass. She's saying, Lord, when I pull up, I want a parking spot right in the front, and she, we pull up, and there's a parking spot right in the front, we jumped out of the car, went up to ICU, and we go into ICU, and there's the guy there, Frank, homeless guy. all you know, his beard's long and unshaved. He's got long hair. And she said, I want you to pray for him, Walter. And so I prayed and I said, Lord, would you raise up Frank from this bed today? And you know what she did? She pulled me outside and she gave me an elderly lady rebuking. And she said, I don't want you praying that. Frank is an alcoholic. Frank if he got raised up from that bed that day would go right back to the bottle. I want you to go back in there and pray, Lord, whatever it takes for Frank to get saved. Do it today. And and it was an amazing thing because I really understood what spiritual maturity was and started to grasp the importance of prayers and what it meant and and this lady always prayed. She knew what it meant to pray. She considered it not just a privilege, but she also knew it was commanded in Scripture. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17, it says, Pray without ceasing. And the prayer, word prayer there is imperative in the Greek, meaning it's not an option. It is a command to pray always. And people say, well, you know, that's kind of ridiculous. How can somebody always pray? And here I see these guys on their cell phones constantly checking Facebook, text messages, Instagram, everything else. They're constantly, they can't put it down. In fact, some of you probably came into Teen Challenge to break your addiction to your cell phone. But if somebody can be on the phone always, if somebody can always be checking Instagram, always texting, I can pray always. Now, I want you to see something here. I want to... I wanna tell you why you should always pray. If the scriptures command to always pray, then why should we always pray? And the reasons that I have for always praying are the very reasons why some people don't always pray. I'm convinced that there's some Christians that pray all the time. I know that most true believers, all true believers will pray some of the time, but I know through Dottie's life and through interactions I've had, and even in my own life, that it is possible to pray all the time, amen? And so I want to give you reasons why we should pray always, but it's the very things why some people don't pray. The first thing we need to see is that prayer is work. Prayer is work. I don't know if you ever thought of prayer as going to work, but it's work. There's an interesting man in the scriptures. He's only mentioned three times. His name's Epaphras, and it says, Epaphras, Colossians 4.12, who is one of you, a bondservant of Christ, greets you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers, that you may stand fervent." Perfect and complete in all the will of God. Now, listen to that. There's that word always. Always laboring fervently for you in prayer. That word always. Once again, the same sentence is prayer. And Frask was one of those guys who continued to lift up the saints. As Pastor Ron Brown was saying earlier, that we are to pray always, but all for all the saints as well. We're praying for our brothers and sisters in Ukraine. We're praying for, as that war goes on. But prayer is work, and prayer is working for the Lord. As, he, as Epaphras was laboring constantly, he was laboring in the work of the Lord. You should say to yourself, every morning when I get up, I'm going to work for the Lord. I'm going to get on my knees and I'm going to pray. And when we learn that, that it's working for the Lord, because we often think that working for the Lord is simply ministry. It's simply doing children's ministry. It's out there. Um, ministering to people, if you're out there on ticket sales, whatever it may be, we often think of that as being work for the Lord, or even the staff here at Teen Challenge. Work for the Lord, but I'm going to tell you first and foremost, the most important work you can do for the Lord is to get on your knees and pray. When you pray, you're going to work for the Lord secondly prayer isn't just work but prayer is worship prayer is worship unto the Lord there's an interesting verse in the book of Psalms it's found in Psalm 141 verse 2 and it says let my prayer be counted as incense before you and the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice incense was used in the worship in the temple they had the table of showbread they had the candelabra the menorah they they had also the altar of incense which was right there at the curtain before the Holy of Holies right right where it separated the Holy of Holies from the most holy place um, from the holy place from the, uh, the Holy of Holies and the altar of incense was there and they were continually putting incense on On the altar of incense and it was rising as a sweet aroma to the Lord and it is pictured as prayer in the Old Testament it refers to that as being our prayer counted as incense before you and it's worship to the Lord one of the most encouraging verses to me in the New Testament when it comes to referring to our prayers as incense is found in the book of Revelation Revelation chapter five, verse eight says, and when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. I don't know if you ever thought of your prayers as being incense before the Lord, And here in Revelation, the book of Revelation, it's pictured as our prayers being stored up in the bowls. Bowls of incense, that's the prayers of the saints. Sometimes our prayers aren't answered when we think they should be. I think of uh, Zechariah in the New Testament, Luke chapter 1. The angel shows up to announce that his wife is going to give birth to John the Baptist and his wife is way beyond child-rearing. In fact, when the angel announces to Zechariah that your wife is gonna give birth, he's like, what are you talking about? My wife is way beyond child-bearing. But you know what he said? The first words to Zechariah when he showed up was this, your prayer has been heard. Now I'm sure Zachariah thought, that man I prayed that prayer years ago and now my wife's way beyond childbearing and now he shows up and says your prayer has been heard. Why? Because the prayers are stored in bowls of incense. The prayers are stored. That's why some of the prayers that are being answered for me today were prayers I prayed back in Teen Challenge 30 years ago. I remember praying for my father And I remember praying for his salvation and for 14 years I witnessed to my dad. I knew really what it meant to be saved. My father was in a religious institution in the Catholic church and he didn't have any personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And I wanted him saved so bad. And much of my prayer life during that time, that hour I would spend, I'd be interceding for my father and saying, Lord, save him. And then 14 years later, my father comes to Jesus Christ when he's 82 years old on Father's Day. Question is, do you have any prayers in the incense bowls? What are you storing up for the future? Some of your prayers are empty. Some of those bowls are empty. You're just not praying like you should. And especially, I don't know what, if it's still the same at the castle in Riverside, but when I was there, it wasn't mandatory. We had one night a week. It was intercessory prayer, and I thank God for that. But we did not have prayer every single morning like we did in San Diego. Get on your knees and pray, or you're going to get a ride up. How many ever been written up for that? There was one back there, right. I got written up for sleeping during prayer time, and I wasn't even sleeping. There was an intern that had it in for me. And, uh, and I remember going to the counselor, and, and him and I were before the counselor, and I'm saying, man, I was not sleeping. I was praying, and the guy said, I heard you snoring. I'm like... And so the intern leaves and, and, and he goes, you know what, Walter, I believe you, but you're getting five books of Proverbs. <laughs> then he quoted me First Peter 2, what is it when you're punished for something that you've done, right? And so, but, but I, you know what I did? I started praying for him. I started praying for him. Prayer is worship to the Lord, and that is the very reason why some people don't pray because Satan will do anything he can to distract you. He will try and keep you from getting on your knees. He won't keep you from the Bible because you've got that on your telephone. He won't keep you from the Bible because you bring it to church. He won't keep you from your daily devotions maybe, but he will do everything he can to keep you away from prayer. Just like with Jesus, when he was tempted in the wilderness, What was Satan doing? He said, look, I'll give you all these kingdoms of the world if you fall down and worship me. That's what he wants. He wants to worship. He doesn't want you to worship the Lord. Doesn't want you to worship the Lord. Not only that, prayer is work, prayer is worship, but prayer is warfare. Prayer is warfare, and this is the context of our scripture this morning. We were just told to put on the whole armor of God, it ends. In verse 17, it says, take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is an offensive weapon. And then it says, um, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the spirit. Because you see, when God's word is unsheathed, God's spirit is unleashed. Uh, What did I say? (laughs) Ah, when God's word is unsheathed, God's spirit is unleashed. That's why it's important to learn the Bible. The Bible isn't just for memory verses, you guys. The Bible is to guide your prayer life. You know why some people don't pray in faith? Because they don't know what the word says. They don't know what to stand on. They don't know how to pray. They've never been formed and shaped by anything other than their own selfish um, prayer wishes. They've never learned what it means to enter into intercession and to truly grab the horns of the altar and begin to pray to the Lord that he would shake the powers of darkness. It's what he does. And we're in a war. We, we know that prayer is communication. We know that. And prayer is the, the communication to the command post in the war. You know this war going on in the Ukraine and Russia? I'm going to tell you right now, the war is going to be won by the effectiveness of the communication that's taking place from the command post. Prior to the radio being um, developed, they would send information to the troops, their their own troops, they'd send them by carrier pigeons and they would send them by dogs. They would run through the war and they would would get vital messages to the troops who were on the front lines about intelligence that they were discovering. And then when the radio was invented, it was a game changer in effective warfare. It's gotta be that with you. You have to go to the command post. You have to recognize the schemes of the devil. You have to know what he's up to. If you, don't, if you never go to the command post, you're, you're, you're going you're gonna to sit there, you're going to get whooped by the devil day in and day out. Some people, there, hey, listen to me. You can serve God in here. You can serve God in here. But when you walk out those doors, when you leave Teen Challenge, you're going to see warfare on a whole new level. See, when, they, when you went in and you signed those induction papers, yeah, I'm going into teen challenge, drug rehab, and everything else, let me give you some news. No, nope, you were enlisting in a war. <laughs> but here's what I want to bring to you, because a lot's going to be said about praying always. We know that we should pray because it's, working for the Lord, but because it's work, some people aren't going to be disciplined, and they're not going to go to work for the Lord on their knees. We know that it's worship to the Lord, that it's a sweet incense rising up, and our, our, our prayers are filling the bowls, and they're going to be answered. I truly believe that when we pray according to God's will, he's going to pull out that incense one day, and he's going to say, boom, there's a prayer, boom, there's a prayer answered. It's worship. But prayer is also warfare, and that's why some people do not pray either. Satan keeps them from worshiping the Lord through all the distractions and even through doubt. But because it's a warfare, people don't want to enter into the front lines. And so therefore, we're not just to pray always. I want you to see this. Paul didn't just say, and take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying at all times, he didn't leave it there. He said praying at all times in the Spirit. See, there's a difference between praying in the Spirit and just these What I would call fleshly prayers. In the Bible, the spirit is often contrasted with the flesh. And it's in opposition to the flesh. In John chapter 3, verse 6, when a religious man came to Jesus named Nicodemus, he says in verse 6, Jesus tells him, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. And there's some prayers that are birthed in the flesh. And there's some prayers that are birthed in the Spirit and they're going to shake the kingdom of darkness. Galatians 5.17 says, For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. So I'm convinced that praying in the Spirit means several things. One, I believe it includes praying in tongues because Paul addresses that in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. He says, pray in the spirit and pray with his mind. He, he distinguishes between the two. He, he, he draws that out and, and, and I remember how crucial this was at my very beginning at Teen Challenge. I really believe it was a game-changer for me. My first speaker at Spiritual Emphasis was David Wilkerson, the father of this ministry. It wasn't some nobody Walter Colas down by the border in Mexico. It was David Wilkerson got up and and, and, and the day before he got up, though, we were at a church in Riverside called Calvary. It wasn't Calvary Chapel, it was called Calvary Church. It was an Assemblies of God. And we're in, and I, I kid you not, I never heard anything about tongues, never heard anything about being baptized in the Holy Spirit. And all of a sudden, we're worshiping. And, and as we're worshiping and, and praising God, all of a sudden, the guy next to me after the song, he says, whoa, dude, you're never going to be the same. I said, what do you mean? And he said, when we were worshiping, you were worshiping in tongues and you were glowing. He said, what do you mean I was worshiping in tongues? And he said, go talk to your counselor. <laughs> so I went and I talked to my counselor and he told me exactly, he showed me in the scriptures what it was. He showed me Acts 2, he showed me why I should continue to pray he said, you were baptized in the Holy Spirit during that time. And that was a game changer for me because it bumped up my whole level of prayer. Now, don't get me wrong, if you don't speak in tongues, I'm not saying your prayers are effective. But, but there is a baptism of the Holy Spirit that you need to have. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit if your prayers are gonna be Spirit-filled. I'm convinced it includes praying in tongues, but I also believe that praying in the spirit means that when we are praying, we're led by the spirit, not the flesh. Too many of our prayers are self-centered. When we start interceding like Dottie prayed and when she continued to pray like she did and always praying, it was never about herself. It was always about other people. It was always about what was happening in the heavenlies. And so it means that the Holy Spirit will assist us when we pray, Romans 8.26. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Romans 8.27, and he who searches the hearts knows what's in the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. That's praying in the Spirit. It's not being led by the flesh, it's yielding to the power of God. But the third thing about praying in the Spirit, it means that we're going to the realm where the warfare is being fought. Go back to chapter 6, I want you to see this. Ephesians 6 verse 10 says finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against the rulers against the authorities against the cosmic powers over this present darkness against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places that's why we're supposed to pray in the spirit because that's where the war is being fought now go back to chapter one this term heavenly places, and I'm going to wind up in just a sec, but this term heavenly places is very important because it's only found in the book of Ephesians. And if you know anything about the church in Ephesus, you know it was birthed out of a great revival. You can read about it in Acts chapter 19 where Paul goes in preaching and people were turning from darkness. They started burning their magic books. They started burning their idols and everything else. There was a real warfare going on with the spiritual principalities and authorities there. and An amazing church was birthed and the only place you're gonna find this term, heavenly places, in the original Greek in the New Testament is right here in the book of Ephesians, first time Look at verse 3 of chapter 1. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing where? In the heavenly places. Go to verse 20 of chapter 1 that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in where? So Christ was raised from the dead, seated in the heavenly places. Now go to verse 6 of chapter 2. And it says, and he raised us up with him and seated us with him, where? Now go to chapter 3 and look at verse 10. It says, so that through the church the manifold wisdom of God might be made known to the rulers and authorities, where? And then chapter 6, that we war not against flesh and blood, but the powers, the present darkness against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. You guys... I've seen God do impossible things in the darkest areas. When the earthquake hit in 2010 and a quarter of a million people died, it was the worst thing that ever happened to Haiti. I didn't know anything about Haiti. I didn't know it was the voodoo capital of the world. And so our church was pulled down there to uh, start an orphanage. And we went down there. But I didn't realize we were pulled down there really to engage in spiritual warfare. And so on the night, of two nights before I left, it was a Sunday morning actually at 2 a.m. the Lord woke me up. At 2 a.m. and he just had me praying. I was leaving that Monday and I shared this story with the third service at our church. I didn't share it with the first two, but I shared it with the third service. And I said, look, God, I don't know what this means, but God woke me up and he gave me a vision. And as I was praying, the Lord gave me this incredible vision of thousands of Haitians turning to the Lord and repenting. And so I went, we went down there, and our last meeting was the head of the, the, head of the Protestant churches, the gentleman uh, we were discussing where we were going to build the orphanage. And um, after the meeting, he gave us property. He said, build it here. After the meeting, I started to walk away, and I turned around, and I said, you know, I don't know if this means anything. But the other night, two nights ago, or, or two nights before I came down here, the Lord gave me a vision that I was preaching to thousands of Haitians, and they were repenting. And he said, you know, we reserved the soccer stadium in Port-au-Prince, which is their capital, for May 1st, I think it was, and we're calling it a Day of, Ho- Day of Hope for Haiti and we were praying that God would send us a preacher, and you're it. And so, so when down there. The thing was radio. It went to the New York City, to Florida, to all the Haitian communities that were there. The, the message was there, and, and the altar call lasted three hours. Three hours on an altar call. Now, we went back down there, and we were doing revivals, and I got into a conversation with a voodoo priest, and as I'm there, we're sitting in his sacrificial room. It was a concrete wall with demonic stuff painted on it and it had a table, and we're sitting there, and I gave him a Bible, and I showed him in the scriptures what God's plan was. And we're sitting there, and I'm praying the whole time. His name was Andrew. Andrew didn't come to the Lord, but we were holding revival meetings that night, and his sister, which is a voodoo priestess, came to check out the meeting and she got saved and check this out. She grabbed all her paraphernalia and she put it in the center of the village and blew the village away. She burned it all in front of them. And then she joined our women's Bible study there and she was the woman bringing the drinks to the other ladies in the Bible study. And she's still doing it to this day, 12 years later. Why? Why? Because when we pray in the spirit, God shakes the kingdoms of darkness. Amen? They're going to lead us in worship right now. And what I want you to do, all right? This, I'm not sure what you had planned for the after this service, but what I want to do is I want to pray for two things for you. One, that you would be filled with the Holy Spirit that you would be baptized in the Holy Spirit so your prayer life will be a Spirit-filled prayer life. Praying always, how? In the Spirit. Second thing I wanna pray for you about, and you can come forward and make this commitment, is that you would come forward and that you would say, I'm going to establish my prayer life here and now. You know, Jamal went in 35 years ago I went in 30 years ago, Herlindo and I was talking about it, both of us went in 30 years ago, but there's a lot of people that should still be serving the Lord that aren't serving the Lord anymore, and it's rooted in their prayer life. If you don't make that commitment today, Satan is gonna beat the snot out of you. You will not have any means of power, as Jamal said. So come forward if you wanna be baptized in the Holy Spirit, Or make a commitment and I want you to just as they're leading us in worship I want you to just if you're you're saying Lord I want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit I want my whole prayer life to change that you would lift your hands to heaven showing Lord I'm ready to receive and then secondly if you're coming forward for a commitment to the Lord In your prayer life, you can get on your knees and you can pray to him. You can pray to him and say, Lord, I'm making a commitment today to finish out my time with Teen Challenge by increasing my prayer life. Praying always in the spirit. for those who have come forward I still re- remember the evening I was baptized in the Holy Spirit and it was spiritual emphasis and my whole life changed lord i became the testimony and the witness that you called me to be my whole prayer life changed lord i felt like i now had prayer and power and lord there's those here tonight that have come forward today this afternoon that said i want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit i want to be filled with the Holy Spirit I want Lord you to fill me to capacity and Lord if my heart is squeezing in I want to enlarge my heart Lord we're not coming to the ocean of your spirit with a thimble we're 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 gonna be pulling up in an ocean liner fill our tanks today Lord God I pray that you would pour out your spirit upon my brothers and sisters today that there would be a life-changing moment Right now, Lord God, that there would be a moment right now where you just descend upon them with your spirit. Lord God, give them that prayer language. Lord, that their prayer life would change. Oh, Lord God, thank you, Jesus. Oh, Lord Jesus, fill them afresh, Lord God. Those making a commitment, Lord, I pray that it would drill deep down in their hearts. God Lord let them not leave here the same I pray God that you would do a move so powerful in their hearts that they would leave here changed not just hearing the message not just hearing your word today but their hearts would be transformed for your glory oh God pour out your spirit upon them Holy Spirit you are welcome in this place Holy Spirit you are welcome in this place Lord, my brothers and sisters wanna know what it means to pray in the spirit, Lord. And it isn't just about praying in tongues, it's entering that realm, Lord, where the war is taking place. Oh, Lord God, that they would go to the front lines in the power of your spirit. Lord, that they would shake the kingdom of darkness, the kingdom of hell, oh
0: Jesus. Thank you for choosing our podcast today. We hope that you have been encouraged and blessed by this message. Make sure not to miss any future episodes by subscribing to this podcast right now. And God bless you.